welcome to the side show with Michelle and Justin. Hope everybody has had a fantastic week thus far. Or whenever you're listening to us, maybe you're in the middle of the week. But you know what? Screw me for assuming when you would that you would that you would be sitting there waiting like it's uh, like it's my prom night for the podcast to come out so you could immediately download it and get it into your ear yeah, holes. Maybe well maybe they're listening to it in the bathtub. Oh, that's right. Remember Lisa. in our previous oh, episodes we had Lisa. Yes. yes, hello, Lisa. She's enjoying some wine. She's podcasting it up. Listening to us in the bathtub, yes, bubble one, bath. I'm assuming completely naked or a bath bomb. Have you ever? Um, have you ever taken a a bath that uh, that with clothes on? Have you ever have you ever no, done that? I don't think so. Where do I have audio bleeding in here somewhere? There, there I go. I fixed it. I'm sorry. You're in charge of the board. I, I know. know. I I'm, I used to be very good at this. That's evidently. your job. Uh, yeah, I have taken. Have you ever taken an outdoor shower? An outdoor shower, yes. When we were in Hawaii. And that's fun, right? Is it? Oh yeah, it's nice. It's, it's, it's only nice when it's really nice outside. No, I've done it in the snow. I got news for you. Is it nice in the snow? It is. Uh, it is exhilarating really? in the snow. Like, cause as long as you got hot water, obviously. But right. it's it, there's something. It's like being in a hot tub in the snow too. Like, there's something fun about. It makes you feel like a god. Like the <laughs> the elements succumb to your will, not the other way around. You know, like I am you get, the god of the world, yeah, and I'm just, showering outside. Nothing makes you feel like you've climbed to the top of the food chain more than taking a hot shower with freezing water around you. Like that could be kind of cool. I, it is. Yeah, I've always wanted to do. I always wanted to go to um, Iceland. You know, here it's beautiful. Yeah. And so many people have gone and said, "You got to go. You got to go." But there, are, there's this place you can go in Iceland where you just drive out real far, and they're like these, you know, warm springs in the middle of where the ice is. Yeah. It's supposed to be really nice. I, I just don't, I don't. I mean, I, how long does it take to fly to Iceland? I want to say I, I, I'm not a travel expert. It can't be as far as London because, well, London's what six hours um, from let's see. New York. Do is Google. <laughs> Yeah, all right, get, get, get your get your guesses going. So Fire from LA, from LA, it would be probably twelve hours, because it's about five hours or six uh, hours from the East Coast. So I'm assuming Iceland's maybe from New York, three and a half hours, maybe four hours. I don't know. All right, the Google machine says Iceland Air flies nonstop, nonstop from New York to Kaflavik okay. International Airport outside Reykjavik. Um, oh, it gives you prices. Oh, but so you're right. So from New York to Reykjavik is about five hours. Oh, so it is five hours. Cause so it would be what? So that's nine hours total. I was right. Eight hours. Is what yeah. I no, I thought it would be. I don't know why I thought it would be shorter because I thought London, New York to London was like six hours. So I figured Iceland's halfway in between. Yeah. But you got to go, go, go north. Yeah. You got to yeah. go up. Gotta go you gotta up. go up, and you, and they gotta they gotta fly faster because they're climbing uphill. Yeah, that's true. No, so, <laughs> I totally made that. Up. Anyway, we got that, but that does sound like a really cool idea is to to uh, take a shower outside. When it is. My dad was renovating outside. the bathroom at his uh, cabin, and so while he was doing it, he just took the plumbing and stuck it outside the wall and attached. It, it was PVC pipe. It's like go ahead like and shower put, outside. Son. Yeah, you'd put like your sprinklers up, and you and you'd turn it on, and you'd go out there. My mom had the fun story because uh, I'm out there buck naked outside, but you're in the woods, right? And he has neighbors, but they're far enough away. No, you could see their window. Oh. But there's nobody there because they're mostly vacation homes. Oh, got like, it. So not a lot of people. The people that live around him are only there for like weekends and stuff, not right. full time like he is. And there's, I, it, there's. I'm not gonna lie. I don't wanna. I don't wanna overexcite our friend Lisa, who listens in the bathtub. 
Uh, but um, <laughs> but I, 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 there's something exhilarating about being naked outdoors that I never would have thought. It was like an awakening for me. I go out there and you sort of probably sort of feel a little bit like Tarzan. You know, you're found naked as a baby in the woods and raised by uh, wild animals. Yes, that's yes, that's exactly all it takes is a shower outside. And I feel like I have spent an entire life outdoors (laughs) being raised by animals. I think I'm going to have to try that. (laughs) Yeah, I recommend it. I'm just saying it. it, it, Go up to Big Bear, find a place, a cabin that's got a shower outside. You could do uh, it. You could do it in your uh, your own place. I mean, it it might make your neighbors a little. uh, Make them a little uncomfortable. Yeah, come on. Why why is everybody so uptight? Oh, yeah. By the way, speaking of making neighbors uncomfortable. Yeah. Last night, I go to bed fairly early because I have to get up early to work for the morning show on KFI and the Bill Handel show. And I was so I was in bed. I would have to say it was eight o'clock. It wasn't like late, late, but it was eight o'clock and about a half hour into my uh, snooze, I hear what I could. I, I'm assuming it was a piccolo Pete, but it sounded like it was <laughs> in the next room. And I thought my first thought was, what's my husband doing now? And then I realized it wasn't him because he came out and he's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> but until that moment, you were unsure. Well, I can't, you know, I can't, you know, just write that off the list right, right away when I hear a piccolo peep. Um, but I guess our neighbors, if you if you walk down like from our bedroom, you walk down a short flight of stairs and there's a window and then you turn and you walk down another flight of stairs and then you end up on the main floor where the kitchen is. So on the landing, if you look outside the window, you could see into my neighbor's yard because they cut down all the trees so you could see in the neighbor's yard. And when they moved in, you're going to love this. When they moved in, they tore out the entire backyard. Well, First of all, the people who lived there before, two people ago, <laughs> when we first moved in 10 years ago, there was uh, the remains of a pool in that backyard. And there was a kind of a white trash guy that lived there. Yeah. Super nice, but totally white trash. And the pool had been filled in, but you could still see, you know, the the bar to get into the pool and the coping that's around. But he put pool. landscaping in it? Like he filled yeah, it with dirt? Yeah, he filled it with dirt. So it was, you know, there was grass growing and yeah. stuff, but you could see the outline of the pool still. So anyway, when he moved out, the people who bought the place ripped everything out. And I thought, well, maybe they're going to you know, dig up the pool and put the pool back in. No. So they filled the backyard in more, and then they covered it in concrete. So the entire backyard is just concrete. Ugh. There's no grass anywhere. Ugh. And then on top of this, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an Asian family. I'm sure they're very lovely. But uh, in my experience, and my hairdresser, who happens to be uh, Asian, says, Asian people don't like yards. They don't like to deal with any kind of landscaping. So they like to, if they move into a house, they put concrete everywhere. So they put, they they did the whole big slab of concrete. And what I didn't realize until after a few weeks (laughs) after they moved in is they have two little toddlers. And okay, so their toddlers have a place to like ride their little bikes in the back. But what they did instead was they put a giant blow up castle on the concrete in the backyard. So every once in a while you hear this, and it's filling this giant blow-up castle. And and at least at one occasion, because my first thought was, yeah, that's a great idea. Put that on concrete yeah. so a kid could bounce right out of it and smack his head on the ground. 
That's almost exactly what happened <laughs> on at least one occasion because I hear the kid ah, playing, you know, happy, happy. And then all of a sudden crying. <laughs> Apparently he needed stitches. Really? Yeah. He had a little bit of a bump on his head. Uh, but but since then, they've blown up the, the castle. Two and the downside times. to concrete is that stains. That's hard to get blood out yes. of concrete. So, OK, so uh, anybody who's seen a Dateline NBC show <laughs> exactly. knows. Exactly. So. The reason I'm telling this story is because now they they filled up the uh, the, the bouncy castle a couple more times, but then apparently now they're not doing that anymore. So it's basically been barren back there until someone figured out it might be a good place to set off firecrackers. <laughs> That's who was setting off the Piccolo Pete's. So now does this happen year round? Uh, it happened last night, and yeah. it it hasn't happened since the Fourth of July. So I don't know if they just found a. You know, Aaron Piccolo Pete that they had in the house. And but decided- for folks that are listening to this outside of California, in the area that you live, so in Southern California, there are areas of Southern California where you can set off fireworks and they'll put up fireworks stands. In fact, I am one of the uh, many, uh, I would say, uh, Americans, nay, heroes, who will drive into said neighborhoods. <coughs> get, get set fireworks. Get fireworks, dra- drag them into Burbank, where I live, where we are not allowed to set off street legal fireworks. Our neighborhood is not allowed to set off fireworks, but our the neighboring neighborhood, there's always, it's literally like half a mile away when, when the fireworks stand go up, you can get them. Now that I'm talking about this, I realize it has just been recently Chinese New Year, and maybe that's why they were oh, setting off they the had fireworks. Some extra. But they only had one. And it was really annoying and very, very loud. And uh, they better not do it again. Yeah, because in other places, like I know Wisconsin, you could just, you could get fireworks year round. Yeah. I don't know why I have this tickle all of a sudden. This You're is probably getting sick. But we used to, when, when I lived in New York, our uh, neighbor was a cop. And we weren't allowed to have fireworks in, in the community that we lived. They, they were illegal. But we always had fireworks because the cop who would confiscate them from everybody else would be the one setting them off on the 4th of July. So oh, that's perfect. Uh, you brought in. Oh, yes. Oh, so anyway, um, do you want to take a quick break first? Yeah, we, yeah, can, we can if too. you let's, want. Let's take a quick break because I want to get into this uh, the special I saw with uh, Chris Rock and uh, ask you uh, your thoughts on it. All right. Right after this. Come on, sometimes I'm good at this. You're very good. Matchbox at it, 20 Justin. push if you want to do a, a little Google search uh, for that. I want to push you around. And uh, this, uh, I saw this. I did not see this before you told me about it, but because I pulled the audio for it, I saw this. And this is. Did you watch the whole special? No, I have not. This okay. is, a, but this is a great Chris Rock like classic bit where he he kind of takes he whatever. One of my favorite Chris Rock jokes was. And I like it when a joke like this can make a comment about society and a, a comedian can have a solution to a, a societal problem that is very funny, but also makes you go, you know, it makes a lot of sense yeah. what they're talking about here. And and his the first one for me that I ever saw him do was when he was talking. And I think it's kind of timely now where he was talking about gun violence. And he said that he goes, what you got to do? But he was this was more of a time, not school shootings. This was more like you go and shoot up your place of employment. Right. He said, you make bullets like $10,000. Like he goes, because if you, if you need to pay $10,000 for a bullet, 
you really got to think about it. You like, really got to think about who you're going to shoot, <laughs> exactly. which is an excellent point. So I was sitting at home with my husband the other night and he said, and, and, he, and he put the, he put, we were on watching Netflix, I think. And we, he said, you got to watch this. this is, I don't know if it's a new Chris Rock special. It's it got to be fairly new because no, it is. his teeth are uh, much smaller than they used to be. He signed a $40 million, $40 deal, million dollar deal with Netflix to do three specials. Wow. So any, uh, so that's amazing. So I, so I was watching it and I was laughing. He's very funny. And he got to this bit where he was talking about bullies. And I wanted to bring it up because you have kids. Yeah. I don't have kids, but I have experience uh, with bullies from growing up. But I just thought it was this a really great bit uh, about bullies. And then we can uh, chat about it. All right. Oh, that's the wrong button. See, what, what are you doing? I'm not good at this. No. So I'm, I'm at the school. I'm at the school. And the lady comes back out. She goes, I want you to know that the school has absolutely no bullies. We have a no bully policy. We don't we don't we don't permit bullying. Any bullies will be kicked out of school immediately. And right then I wanted to take my daughter out to school. <laughs> I was like, what kind of half-ass education is this? <laughs> I mean, school is supposed to prepare you for life. Life has assholes. <laughs> And you should learn how to deal with them as soon as possible. Yeah, God forbid you wait till you're 30 to find out people ain't shit. <laughs> That's a lesson you need quick. That's right. Well, I mean, one of the problems with the world is we got too many people telling their kids how special they are. These souped up kids walking the streets today thinking they're fucking special. I'm walking down the street and there's always some kid, hey, good work, Chris. Really funny, Chris. Love your work. I'm like, it's Mr. Rock, bitch. <laughs> Stop telling your kids that they special. Maybe they special to you, but not to me. I don't play that shit. Every day before my kids leave for school, I get them at the door. I'm like, Lola Dar, check this out. Soon as you leave this door, nobody gives a fuck about you. <laughs> nobody in the whole world gives a fuck about you. Nobody thinks you're cute. Nobody thinks you're smart. Nobody gives a fuck about your opinion. Nobody on the whole earth outside of this door gives a fuck about you. Nobody. And even some of the people inside the house... A little on the fence. <laughs> so, it, so if, for those who want to know, the the special is called Tambourine. This is that's where this is from. But it, when he was talking about bullies, I thought it was a great point, especially when he said, "I wanted to take my kid out of the school immediately because you got to learn to deal with assholes, and the yeah. earlier you learn to deal with them, the better." I think that's so so true, and I see in in society now, at least with some of my friends who have kids, who get so bent out of shape when there's i'm gonna call it gentle bullying like I, I, nobody's in for the you know bullying where it gets you know really really far and they push kids to kill themselves and you should just kill yourself right. that's no, that's not appropriate at all but there's gentle bullying in the world that i know shaped me when i was a kid that i had to you know you're scared to deal with it at first when you're a kid but then you learn how to deal with it you learn how to cope with it you learn how to 
figure out either how to fight back. Yep. You know, and put the bully in their place, or you or where, learn what how is to manage for it. You. you could do. You could do. You learn how to either avoid it and and let it bounce off of you, right, and, and not react. Because if it, if you do that, half the time the bully stops. Right. Eventually, they move on to somebody else. Or you learn to sock them in the nose mm-hmm. and say, "I've had enough of your crap. I'm done." And it, it, here's, I have two thoughts. Number one is, I hate that we now live. We have to. We have to give it this disclaimer. I I've, I liken it to, I was listening to another podcast, so the Adam Krola podcast recently, and this came up again because he's writing for the Oscars, right? And so he was talking about how Matt Damon and him disagree politically, and Matt Damon got in a bunch of trouble fairly recently because when the whole Harvey Weinstein thing was coming out, and then Al Franken got nailed for taking the pictures or whatever, he was saying, he goes, listen, I'm not saying that they're good behavior. He goes, but I do think it's important that as a as a whole, we look at it and say, there is a drastic difference between what Harvey Weinstein was doing and what Al Franken did. Yes. Humongous, Humongous difference. difference. And that what we have a tendency to do is lump them together. And and I think bullying is a very good example of that, right? Where we It's we, the same thing. Yeah, whether he, he goes on to talk about cyberbullying uh and how people say that's worse and he goes, "No, it's not. Nobody ever had a cyber bag of pee thrown at their face." Like right. that's not but and we're we're not saying that people can't get bullied to the point where they they like what you just said. You had to say it. You have to say, I'm not saying people should be bullied and then commit suicide. Like right. that's not what we're talking about. But what we are talking about is I deal with it at the school. My son did it. He came home and I said, How was school? He said, I was bullied today. And my antenna go up and I was like, What are you talking about? I said, I he goes, I wanted to play Foursquare and a friend of mine wouldn't play with me. I said, Whoa, whoa, time out. <laughs> that's that's not bullying. <laughs> that's not bullying. That's just that's just someone having their own free will. Like that's that that's that's where we are now that that everybody is so 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 hypersensitive and then here i'll say this the thing that they're now seeing is that there's a lot of research because now you have infants that are growing up into young toddler age that have been around since phones and tablets have been used as a pacifier and what they're realizing is that there there's a, a growing level of depression in these kids because they don't it. know how to deal with negative emotions yes and that that drives me crazy i remember when I was a kid, we didn't have our phones. We didn't have tablets. I just remember dealing with things as they came. And I think with, with phones now, there's so much distraction. Right. There's so much, you know, you don't really have to think about it, that that kids are not learning how to handle situations. And parents, to some extent, a lot of parents are shielding their kids from all of that. They're 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 shielding them from negativity. They're shielding them from... You know, uh, from anything negative. I remember when I would do something and my parents would confront me basically just to say, hey, you did this. It's you don't know. This is not right. And I'm very disappointed in you. Yep. And I had to deal with that emotion of, oh, my God, you know, I disappointed my parents. How am I going to fix it? You know, I, I feel like there's not a lot of that being done right now. And as a result of that, kids don't know how to handle situations. Yeah. As they come up, because I was when I was in sixth grade, there was a girl who, for some reason, did not like me. I don't know why I'm, (laughs) you know, but but it's I laugh because it's funny that. Yeah, it's right. Like you can't you never really figure it out. Well, I figured out the, the only thing I could figure out is that she had heard I said something about her that I didn't say, but I knew a friend of mine said it. So I for some reason, I got attached to this comment about this girl and she hyper-focused on me and thought it was me and she wanted to beat me up and she was telling everybody she was going to beat me up. And I remember being extremely scared 
because she was bigger than me and she could probably beat me up. But I also remember being really angry because I, I knew I didn't say what she said I said. And so I remember trying, you know, hearing from everybody, oh, she's going to kick your ass. She's going to kick your ass. She's going to kick your ass. <laughs> and I remember going up to her one day at school, like being terrified to do it. But going up to her one day at school and saying, I didn't say what you think I said about you. If you want to kick my ass, then meet me after school and let's get this over with. And then we'll move on. And then nothing ever happened. It just kind of went away. But I remember that fear of having to kind of confront the bully. But nowadays, I just think every nobody nobody wants that confrontation. Everybody's there, afraid of that confrontation. I think that parents think that they're going to create a utopia by eliminating all of that. Like if, if we can make it to where kids don't ever have a harsh feeling towards someone else, then we won't have to worry about them ever have to deal with it. And that's going to create this utopia. But the problem is, is that Not no matter reality. what you do, yeah, you can't. There's always going to be assholes because... What we're accidentally doing is is we're making you an asshole because you disagree with me, right. and that that's that's where it, and that's impossible to fix. You're not going to get everybody unless you go to like a hive mind. There's no way, right? There's, and there's then you go, happen. then your kid goes out to work, and their boss tells them to do something, yeah. and they don't like the way they were told to do something, yeah. and then they can't handle that situation, and then they go, you know, work at a bigger company where there's more assholes, and then all of a sudden everybody's against them. I mean, I don't understand how. People can get through life without ever dealing with a negative emotion from another person. And I think it all boils down to the and, and I hate to sound sexist, but I do think it comes down to dads and that I think you're right, that the more dads become uh, pussified. And this is an intentional uh, transition, but I think uh, I think I could lump myself in that is that the more the more dads become pussified in in the way that they father kids, right? The, I think you're supposed to have a balance, and it doesn't matter if it's a male or female, but there's supposed to be someone who is the disciplinarian, and then there's the other one who is not. And that's a nice balance. So you have the person who's blowing sunshine up the kid's ass, and then you have the person who's going, get your crap together. Right. I'm dealing with it right now with my son. He's behind on a bunch of assignments. Like, he didn't do a ton of work. So he's been spending his weekends getting caught up. And my wife... Is like like he he had a friend who invited him to go to an arcade. There's an old school arcade near here mm-hmm. that the, him and his his friend and his dad go to all the time. And he wanted to bring Jacob with him. And and so my wife is like, oh, tomorrow in the afternoon he's going to go to the arcade with his friend. And I said, not if the work's not done. And she goes, oh well. And it's <clears throat> excuse me. It's just the idea that I have to say that. Like right. I have to say not if the work's done. And then the, to be honest, there's a part of me that's like. I feel bad. Like, am I being a dick? Like, mm-hmm. am I? But I just go, no, no, because he's got to get his shit done. And that's the that's the model. He already had all the fun in the world the, per, the previous six months of the school year. Now you got to buckle down and get your crap done. Yeah, there's because there's responsibilities attached to it. Your job as a parent is to teach your kid how to deal with life. Right. And to to make them self-sufficient so that when they're ready to to leave, whether that be 18 years old, like in your case, when right. your dad was like, okay, time to time get to out. Go. Get out. Um, or it'd be later in life. Th- then that's the sad part to me is I, I see even in my own family, some cousins and stuff who are still living at home with their parents at 27, at 30, at, you know, people who don't have real jobs, you know, or who work and then decide they're not going to work for a while. They're going to live off of unemployment because, hey, they're owed that money. Well, hey, big shock about unemployment. If you are you stay out of work for long enough, if you worked and then you and you t- you get unemployment, 
and you take unemployment until you can't take it anymore, after you go back to work and you get fired because you can't deal with your boss being an <laughs> asshole and you try to apply for unemployment, there's none left. Yeah. Chris Rock also says later on in the bit, he goes, nobody cares how well you can code if you cry when your boss doesn't say hi to you. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it drives me completely And they're also, bonkers. I've seen research on this that I did with the dad podcast where what they're, what they're really finding out, and I think they should dig deeper into this, is that there's more and more unemployed, like, uh, younger people, however you want to put that, right? And, mm-hmm. that the, the, and the parents' fear for them is that it's hard for them to find good jobs. And I think there's something interesting about the phrasing of that. Is that good job? Just, Just find a job. Get a job and make it work your way up to a good yeah. job. You don't start with a good no. job. No, there are so many expectations of, of kids of a certain age today that once they leave college, they will make X amount of money as soon as they get right. a job. And that's not the case. That's not what happens. And I even notice it now when I see interns coming through the radio station. What's very interesting to me is that the the, the dynamic between the boys and the girls is so different than it used to be. It used to be when the interns would come in, the girls would be a little more quiet, a little more subdued. They weren't really assertive. And the boys were the ones who were like, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? Now it's totally reversed. The boys that I've seen come through in these internships, while they're very nice kids and they're very smart kids, they're very subdued. They don't have a lot of questions. They don't they're not very assertive. And the girls were like, okay, what do I do now? How do I learn this? Can I do this? Am I allowed to do this? It's a really interesting dynamic and 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 it and I think it plays to the the part of where, you know, the the parenting the mothers have changed. Yes. More mothers are working and have kids. Which and isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. No. It's just different. But I think it's setting a different example for kids where you see some you know, fathers staying home, which again is not a bad thing. I think it's a very good thing. But it's interesting to see the dynamic change in families and how that's affecting boys and girls of a certain age. Well, here's the thing. I don't want to I don't want to hijack this. But while we're on the subject, because I have noticed in my own uh, personal life, kind of a, a loss in my own masculinity. I don't know that I would say I'm less assertive. Well, what do you mean? I don't know that. Uh, well, <laughs> because when it comes to being a parent, you're tough with your kids. Yes, yeah. I, and I'm, you expect them old to learn dad. responsibility. You're very old school dad. But what but do you mean? Are comes, you going to get mani pedis now? Or uh, I'm not there yet. And I think if I... But if here's, you do, I'll have you go with my husband. He likes to get mani pedis? Oh, my God. He loves it. That makes it. me feel a lot better because your your husband is kind of has become my, uh, my uh, bar for masculinity. <laughs> like, because he's kind of an old school guy. Like, yes. when, when he dresses up, he wears a bowling shirt. Right. And I like that. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of guy I like. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> I just recently we've had some actual weather here in Southern California and it's been cold and now we've got rain. I know it's very scary for the rest of the world, but I, and I, I, I went to pick up my kid from school and not only do I wear a sweater, but before I never did. Right. <laughs> but I found myself honestly craving, craving to almost a point of obsession. Getting back to my house. Making a kettle. <laughs> Of hot tea <laughs> and just nestling up under a fleece blanket in my couch. You're becoming wussified. And, then, and and enjoying a Netflix show or just sitting back <laughs> and just having some me time. But wait, is a cigar involved or Negative. a little alcohol? Negative. It's okay. getting worse. Here's that, the thing. That's, that's a problem. I, I, love, I love a cigar, mm-hmm. right? And in fact, you personally have uh, rejuvenated my interest in cigars. But now... What's happening is I, I can only have a little bit of a cigar right. because uh, because it activates my asthma mm-hmm. because I'm very manly. 
Uh, and then, and then I'm limited to, uh, two to three ounces of bourbon a week because of this diet. Like that's what I'm supposed to kind of stick to. Right. Right. So it's not, there's none of that. And I, that wasn't even on the radar. So it was just, you just thought about I just wanted the some tea, hot tea, the blanket, the blanket, and Netflix. Yes. You're, amen. You're, Hallelujah. You're tar- turning into a woman. I know. Right. <laughs> what the hell is going on? I start. I'm, this is where it gets really frightening. Is that they're just about, and I'm going to talk for almost 99 percent of married men. I think out there. So if you are a lady listening to this and you are married, I'm going to give you a little insight into your man's brain. 99.9 percent of the time, when I go to bed, right, and where I go, do you think she's willing to have sex with me? Like, <laughs> I that's how most men are. That's a self-diagnostic. Like. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's a constant struggle of picking your battles. Like you, do I make my move now only to have it ruined later? Like, or is, or is it, am I like, cause you always worry that if you make a move right, and then now, and that's not the right move, right. that now you've got to dig yourself out of a sexual hole. So then, but then what you're doing then most of the day is you're looking for those subtle signals right. that might indicate that but here's, she's interested. Here's the, the interesting part. I think about my dynamic with my wife, especially when it comes to masculinity is that my wife in a lot of ways is more manly than I am <laughs> and that her signals are not so subtle. Right. But when you throw children into the mix, so my wife will come home and I have an app that, uh, that tracks her cycle mm-hmm. and it's only so I can make sure I don't accidentally make the wrong move because getting into a vagina, even if you're married to it, is much like defusing a bomb. Yes. You have to know what wires to cut and when, you know what I mean? You have to, you have, everything has to be timed perfectly. And what you don't want to have happen is, you know, now you have a biological bomb on right. your hands and you don't know it. Right. You know what I mean? So you got I, the PMS week, you've got yeah. the, the M week. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got the post couple of days where you're dealing with uh, letting go of the bloating and right. the weight gain. Yes. See, <laughs> And I don't, I'm not, this is where I'm still manly enough. I'm not completely familiar with that entire cycle, that mm-hmm. range of the spectrum of it all. Right. But what I did do is I got an app and so I could make notice when it starts. And then, but the thing that ruined it is the old app that I have had said, she's reached her peak fertility <laughs> is what it'll say. Right. And part of the app is if you want to use it to try to get pregnant or avoid it, like right. that's a thing you could do. Uh, this is an app for guys. So it's not completely tracking like it's not clinical it's more there is like elements of like hey get her some chocolates like that kind of thing and what i noticed was is when it says she's three days from her peak fertility or i get a she's at her peak fertility every single time michelle she would come home from work i would get a little extra kiss on the cheek (laughs) on the lips maybe even on the neck and those are not so subtle signals right but when you have those signals come at you at six o'clock and then all of a sudden it's nine thirty ten o'clock she's a very different woman absolutely very very different woman except when she is in her peak fertility. It is very interesting because you feel like, as a man, you're like, well, she finds me attractive because of the shirt I'm wearing. It's like, no, it's all hormones. It's all (laughs) hormones. It's all just a chemical reaction happening in her fucking brain. Has nothing to do with my hair. Has nothing to do with whether I showered or not. I could literally just be a homeless vagabond. And if she is on that 21st day of the month, then I am in like Flynn. It is on like Donkey Kong. You know it. Oh, man. So anyway, so to get to that, there have been even moments in my uh, my adult life where I've been there. I've been like, Do, uh, I feel like I'm kind of too tired to even make a move. 
Which I think is what women well, go but that's, through, right? That's, you know, I mean, that easily explained. You have children. I mean, that's, you know, you have kids. There's a lot going on with kids. Even I appreciate you trying to make me true. feel better. It's true. It's not, but that, not when you're a dude. You are a little wussified. I am, right? I, like I have to say. But so now I have to play the angle as my wussification has to be like, you You have to help me in this, Michelle. And people listening, please send us an email to show at this uh, sideshowpodcast.com. But uh I need to know when do I leave? Because right now I think I, I can play the endearing angle. Like uh-huh. there's a cuteness to what I'm doing here. Right. But there's a, there's a very dangerous. There's a line. Like an elephant graveyard waiting on the other side of this where it's like where I become too wussified. And now no, now I'm I'm no longer attractive in any way, shape or form to my love. I think you're good right now. All right. If you get worse. I will let you know. You let me know. What's yeah. but so manicure pedicure is not there yet. No manicure pedicure because my husband, like I said, every once in a while he doesn't go all the time, but every once in a while they'll take him with me man, for a manicure pedicure and all the little Vietnamese ladies they love him. Yeah. Oh, your husband's so funny. Oh, he's so <laughs> funny. You lucky lady. It's like yeah, you don't have to live with him. Before we wrap up though, yeah, uh, I I want to make sure because I I was not going to divulge this, but I I feel like I feel the need to. Uh huh. Are you pregnant? No, I hope not. We are not ready to have another baby. Um, no, I've also uh, i've i've uh, i've started moisturizing. <laughs> I feel like I think you're still okay. I'm okay for right now. Here's why I feel like I I'm kind to... of okay. Is at least I'm using a the the moisturizer I'm using for men is for men. Okay, and then to add a second level to that. It is the Gold Bond brand, okay. which is like 1950s guy. That's the stuff that Shaq uses. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're well, okay but right that's now. the thing is I'm a I'm a cracker. I don't have to worry about getting ashy. No, but you're. But okay. I was I was getting ashy. Like that's what I was. Well, it's dry. It's been very very dry here in Southern. And my California. wife threw my own words in my own face because she used to put lotion on the kids and talk about putting chapstick on them and mm-hmm. everything. And the lotion was where I drew the line. Chapstick I get if their lips are chapped, right. but I would say. You don't want to raise your ch- sons to be men who need moisturizer. But now you need moisturizer. I don't need it. That's, that's where okay. that's this is where I kick back in. I don't need it. From time to time, I like it. Okay, which I don't think helps either. You're all right. <laughs> we all will right. see you next week. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Prod Michelle or Princess, my dog, on Instagram at PGK the Chi. Yep. You can follow Justin on uh, Twitter at iPodcastJustin. Uh, you can follow the Dad Podcast on Instagram if you want to get Fort updates. Although with the weather, I don't think there's going to be a new update. But you can uh, see the latest at Dad Podcast on Instagram or Facebook.com slash Dad Podcast. Our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Justin and Michelle Sideshow. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a like there. Talk to us. Chat with us. All of that. I think I think that's it. Did yeah, subscribe to our podcast yeah. to get it every week because we got yeah. a new episode coming every week. All right, good times. See ya. Bye.